Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. I wanted to um, talk tonight about empathy. And I want to start out with um, a teaching from Ajahn Mahabua, who is a a great Thai meditation master who uh, died not too long ago. A very highly respected uh, master. He says, um, those who have reached full release from conventional realities of every sort, that means those who are completely free, those who've reached full release from conventional realities of every sort, you know, don't assume themselves to be more special or worse than anyone else. For this reason, they don't demean even the tiniest of creatures. They regard them all as friends in suffering, birth, aging, illness, and death because the Dhamma Dharma is something tender and gentle. Any mind in which it is found is completely gentle and can sympathize with every grain of sand, with living beings of every sort. There's nothing rigid or unyielding about it. Only the defilements are rigid and unyielding, proud, conceited, haughty, and vain. Once there's dhamma, true understanding into the nature of things, there are none of these things. There is only the unvarying gentleness and tenderness of mercy and benevolence for the world at all times. So that's the expression of the highest, the mind that is completely free, the highest understanding that one has a complete connection with all beings around, even a grain of sand, as he as he says. Mm-hmm. And even if we're not fully enlightened, we know those times when we are in tune with others around us, how connected we feel. Or if somebody is really there for us, how connected we feel because of their presence. It's quite extraordinary. It's quite magical that we have this capacity. 
One reason that I wanted to talk about uh, this topic, there are a few different threads that um, that were leading to this. Um, in case you hadn't known, uh, there was an election this this week, and without getting into, I want to get into the the politics of things. Um, I could easily and go on and on, but I don't think that would be uh, so appropriate. But I, I did, I've read in, oh, about five different articles that the reason that the uh, result was what it was is that um, the winner uh, was perceived, whether it's accurate or not, uh, was perceived to be um, able to uh, empathize and others could relate, who felt he could really relate to them. And um, the loser had what both parties, uh, pundits said was an empathy gap. That it didn't, know, it didn't really matter how much whatever his policies, solutions, or whatever, the fact that people couldn't relate and um, so felt there was not that um, likability or understanding that that was the big um, obstacle against uh, what he was up against. And I wanted to, um, I was reminded by uh, reading those articles of this quite extraordinary um, speech were part of a speech that um, Obama gave before he was he became president uh, on empathy, and for which he was you know, ridiculed or uh, kind of um, uh, took some flack on because, in some circles, empathy was considered not a very um, valued quality. But that's not what he was, he was trying to say. So this is his quote. Mm-hmm. And I want to preface it by saying uh, there are many things, you know, people might say, well, uh, does, does he really embody empathy when he does this or he does that? And there's lots of ways that one could say he doesn't measure up. But it's interesting that this is, uh, it seems like where, what his really, his core belief is, because he spoke it with, with tremendous uh, conviction. He says, um, this is I think in 2008 or, or before, there's a lot of talk in this country about the federal deficit, but I think we should talk more about the empathy deficit the ability to put ourselves in someone else's shoes, to see the world through those who are different from us, the child who's hungry, the laid-off steel worker, the immigrant woman cleaning your dorm room. As you go on in life, cultivating this quality of empathy 
will become harder, not easier. There's no community service requirement in the real world. No one forcing you to care. You'd be, you'll be free to live in neighborhoods with people who are exactly like yourself and send your kids to the same schools and narrow your concerns to what's going on in your own little circle. Not only that, we live in a culture that discourages empathy, a culture that too often tells us our principal goal in life is to be rich, thin, young, famous, safe, and entertained. A culture where those in power too often encourage these selfish impulses. They will tell you that the Americans who sleep in the streets and beg for food got there because they're all lazy or weak of spirit. That the inner city children who are trapped in dilapidated schools can't learn and won't learn and so we should just give up on them entirely that the innocent people being slaughtered and expelled from their homes half a world away are somebody else's problem to take care of. I hope you don't listen to this. I hope you choose to broaden and not contract your ambit of concern. Not always easy to live up to those ideals, especially when when you're... Uh, the person making all the decisions and, and uh, the president. And, and again, one could certainly have some questions about living that 100% of the time, uh, that, that he lives that 100% of the time. But it's pretty good as far as his basic attitude. And it seems that that's what uh, was the main factor in uh, in Obama winning. And I was listening to um, somebody, an expert, on, um, who was assessing the, the ground game, as they call it, for um, uh, the battleground states. And um, I hadn't heard this before, but it seems that you were, uh, if you went to work for um, Obama, there was a whole um, uh, teaching and process about how to connect with the people whose doors you knock on. That it's, it, they said it had never been done like this before, and that it was it was something that um, the uh, Romney's side had no idea about, but they, or had little idea that they w- certainly weren't trained like this, and that they were. You're supposed to really take an interest besides making eye contact, not try to convince anyone of anything, but really listen and hear and connect, and then as the conversation would open out of that rapport um, have a conversation about why you believe so much in uh, in your 
preferred candidate. But they said it was it was brilliant. It was it was something that um, was based on empathy and connection that had never quite had that kind of training before. So they know that 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 that's really where it's at. As we know that that's where it's at when, again, when somebody, when we feel somebody is really connecting with us, we just like being around them. Have you noticed that? And it doesn't take all that much. It can just even take a few moments of being present. Oh, hi. How you doing? And uh, that, just in a a flash, that energy exchange is one where uh, you feel a heart-to-heart contact. Mm-hmm. Empathy, obviously, is related to compassion. And the word compassion literally means the, uh, the derivation of the word compassion. Come with and passion in the sense of suffer, you know, the passion of Christ. Compassion means to suffer with. That's the root of, of that word. Or as in Dharma, Buddha Dharma, the definition is uh, the quivering of the heart in response to suffering. That when you see suffering around you, the heart stays open, but there's a resonance that one feels. If one can keep an open heart and not have it be overwhelmed, sometimes it's hard to open our, cell, our hearts up and not be overwhelmed. And this is where the compassion has to be balanced with a kind of spaciousness that doesn't get overwhelmed. But it's that feeling of understanding another's suffering and this ability to slip inside another person's reality is really the, 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 um, the essence of compassion. Even when somebody has a very different reality than we do. That's, that's the, the true hallmark of high compassion when you can have a feeling of understanding another's reality who you don't agree with or you have a very difficult time with. There's this uh, great quote from uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He says, if we could read the secret history of our enemies, if we could read the secret history of our enemies, we should find enough sorrow and suffering to disarm all hostility. Such a, I love that quote. If we could read the secret history of our enemies, we should find enough sorrow and suffering to disarm all hostility. All that's needed is to somehow understand the pain that this heart or mind has gone through or is going through that makes them act the way they do, makes them respond the way they do, even if it makes 
very little sense to you or to most people to, to read the secret history and understand it opens us up, it opens our perspective to see there are as many different realities as there are human minds and hearts. And the, the task of Dharma practice is to really see through those different realities and mm, honor our own, but see that it is just our own. And the, the, the Buddha has a number of different places where he says, you know, attachment, it's okay that, he doesn't quite say it like this, but the point is, you can have your ideas and opinions. Uh, that we all have our ideas and opinions. But to be attached to our ideas and opinions as being the right way, this is where the dukkha comes. This is where the pain comes. And I, this is a, a basic principle I've mentioned to you here a number of times, that we're all just walking around in our own internal reality that makes sense to us. Now, how to do this when you're so sure that you're right? How to let go of your internal reality when you're so sure that you're right? Well, it's not saying the other person is right. It's just knowing or realizing that this is your internal reality, which feels right to you, but honoring somebody else's, even if it doesn't seem right. And the pain that comes from being right, from making sure that you are right, is huge. As somebody who is close with me, who I care about a lot, who um, empathy, at least understanding another, another person's reality, um, has never come easy to them. Um, even though they have a very beautiful heart and really love to love and love to be generous, but uh, they've never quite gotten the fact that they could be wrong. Uh, in fact, I went with this person to, um, to hear uh, Sylvia Borstein uh, once uh, brought them up to Spirit Rock on a Wednesday morning, and Sylvia was, was giving this talk about her, her big instruction in, in her life that she's been trying to practice a lot in recent times is... I could be wrong. It's great talk. And my friend said, gosh, that has never crossed my mind before. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this, this friend... Uh, got into a um, uh, a disagreement with with somebody else 
who um, she cares about a lot, as 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 this other person, her friend, cares about her, and the disagreement was over some very silly um, or simple little little thing but um my friend was really um so stuck and 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 offended at the 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 conclusion that she had drawn as to the uh, the motive of the other person that um she's closed her heart to her and she's been heartbroken since. And I've tried to explain this is this is a choice you're making because I can I I know the other person and I've spoken with them as well and I know where they're coming from. And I said, this is a choice you're making, and your your heart is breaking over it. Would you rather be right, or maybe just understand this other reality and um, couldn't get there. Couldn't get there. It's been so uh, painful and sad to see. So this is really what's what's been on my mind as far as uh, just the pain that we cause ourselves in our inability to see or inability to let go of being right. Have you ever gotten into that one? Where you are absolutely sure and justified and um, stuck. And maybe you even wish you could cross the abyss that says, okay, let's soften, let's open, let's just see what this other person's reality is, but you somehow can't do it. Oh, it's so painful. I know that for myself when I get stuck in a position and then there's a part of me that then realizes I'm stuck. I mean, I've been doing this long enough and talk about it long enough. And, you know, it's one of my, the main axioms that I have. We all have our own reality. And to, um, to see, to practice living in or stepping in somebody else's for a few moments. And I want to, but... When I close down, it takes, it takes a little while to kind of unlock and thaw. My mind is there, but the body is not quite able to pry open. It's so humbling. Mm. It just needs time, needs a lot of compassion for just the stuckness. But to see, to see you're stuck is a lot better than to be stuck and not see you're stuck. Makes all the difference in the world because then it's not about them. It's about seeing, oh, 
This is where the suffering is. So if you are stuck, you know, I feel for you. But knowing you're stuck is a really positive thing. Not pleasant, because it's even that much more humbling. But even to have the intention to wish you could get unstuck enough to see somebody else's reality, that's a good starting point. As, as humbling as it is, you might think, well, better to just not even know than to, to know and get stuck. No, no, no. It's much better to know that you're stuck and not quite be ready to move, to shift, than to be stuck and have no clue that you're stuck. Because then you're at least feeling the pain of the suffering and you're seeing, oh, my suffering and my happiness is based right in here. It's not about there. There's a, uh, there was a great book. Uh, it was a, a thin little book uh, written by Trungpa Rinpoche, the uh, great Tibetan master, kind of eccentric, uh, wild, crazy wisdom teacher. Uh, and he, he wrote this book uh, called Dharmas Without Blame. That was the title of the book, Dharmas Without Blame. It was a great book. Um, basically, it's just seeing everything in this world is just causes and conditions and processes that shape each of our minds and hearts in a particular way. There's no blame. There's just understanding. There's just understanding of the causes and conditions that would make somebody think or act in a certain way. Mm. In, uh, let's see in this uh, wonderful book, uh, which was originally called Field Notes on the Compassionate Life, and uh, has by Mark Ian Barish, it's now just called The Compassionate Life, um, he, uh, in one chapter, he talks about this um, process where a woman who uh, has committed her life to, um, to healing between Palestinians and Israelis, that um, she brings 30 girls together. This is in New Jersey. 30 girls flown in from uh, from a war zone from from uh, Israel and Palestine uh, to stay together for <clears throat> what is it? I think it's uh, three weeks or so. And these girls have never seen anybody unlike them, or never been around an Israeli had never been around a Muslim, and a Muslim had never been around an Israeli, and they are. Um, filled with um, distrust, fear, and hate. And over the course of the three weeks, she very brilliantly and patiently puts them in an environment where they start getting to know each other. And this is the first thing that they do. 
The kids are children of war, Melody, the woman who runs it, says. They've known little but stress and trauma, life in a garrison state, an occupied town, a refugee camp. Many have never met anyone from the opposing side. They are dispatched to her program by their respective communities, thinking they will champion their cause to the enemy's face. Instead, they wind up literally taking their enemy's pulse. The first thing Melody has them do is gently grasp each other's wrists. They've never touched their enemy. They have no idea what they feel like. Then suddenly it's like, oh, warm. I feel blood beating. A few of the kids have been to, the, to other programs, Youth Diplomatic Corps, one put it a little sarcastically, the kind where issues are debated and coexistence extolled. But Melody doesn't want them to coexist. She wants them to care about each other. She's insistent on keeping it personal. Fine, she tells them, keep your hate if you must, but now just touch her hand, her face, look in her eyes, speak your heart. These kids, these are kids who have yet to pick up weapons, but their minds are locked and loaded, ready to go off half-cocked. Here, you just give those stares that could, that could kill, Melody tells them. When you get back, you could do much worse. This could be your last chance to know the other side, their hopes, their dreams, what they're really feeling. <clears throat> and then she goes on. It's quite a, a beautiful uh, unfolding of what happens that they end up um, as you could probably guess really caring about each other actually end up in in some ways falling in love with each other oh I never knew this person is just like me oh I never saw the face of the enemy and the heart just opens up when you see, when you look deeply, oh, just like me. You are just like me. <clears throat> In uh, the teaching on uh, the Four Agreements, maybe you're familiar with this wonderful book, The Four Agreements, uh, uh, Don Miguel uh, Ruiz. And he, he says, it's a great uh, body of wisdom. Four principles in the Toltec philosophy that he expounds. And one of these principles, the central principle, is don't make assumptions. If you could just see through your assumptions, that's like 90% of where the confusion and the hostility and the conflict starts thinking oh that's I know what they were doing you know, I've, I've said this before you ever hear somebody say you know, how could they do that those jerks if you just go in a little bit more deeply and say oh how could they do that oh, why did they do that in a moment that you are really interested and really curious, then um, 
you start to let go of your assumptions and see, oh, what's, what's really there? What's really going on there? So I thought that we could do uh, actually a little bit of um, experimenting with this, a little exercise to um, play around with this slipping inside another reality. I'd like you to um, think for a moment, reflect for a moment, and see if there's uh, anybody who you're having a difficult time with, or maybe in the past that you've had a difficult time with, Is anyone who, mm, it's not as relaxed and comfortable and easy being around as you would like? And uh, first, as you think about them, get in touch with any possible assumptions you might have about their reality, about where they're coming from, that closes your heart, or that makes it hard to open up to them. Any judgments you might have about them, particularly. And notice how it feels to just look at them through that lens. And now, for a moment, see if you could slip inside their reality and if you could be them for a few moments explaining to somebody else maybe explaining to you you be them and speak from their position what their perspective is. I hope that's clear. Just to be them for a moment and speak as if you were them and explain that perspective. Okay, I want to, this will be a stretch. I was debating whether or not to do this in a a dyad or not. But um, 
And if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. But if you would, I would um, like you to uh, find a partner to do this an exercise with. And I'd like you to explain whatever the conflict is and speak as if you were them to this person who's across from you. Not explain, well, I know that he probably says so-and-so, you know, but to be them and explain in their words, right from your heart, what goes on for them inside. And so you can set it up and just say, first with the person, this is, this is what happens. You can explain from your position. You know, when we get together, I feel a little judged, I feel whatever, and you can share what goes on for you, and then just be them for a few moments. Okay, so be, okay, now I'm Edward. Okay, I want you to know, um, this is what happens for me when I'm around James, and, uh, you know, I just, etc. You got the idea? I want you to just see what it's like to slip into their reality. And the person who's listening is just witnessing, and you'll get a chance to switch on this, just as a way to stretch yourself and practice living in another reality. And uh, then we'll just see how it, uh, what it does as far as you're holding the, the dynamic between you. Okay? So... Find somebody. If you want, you can do uh, a, a triad if you want, although it's maybe, maybe best to do a dyad as far as time goes. And uh, you'll each, I'll give you uh, five minutes each. I'll tell you when it's about, when it's time to switch. Okay? If you need a, a partner, then raise your hand. See if anybody would be willing to uh, be a partner. Anybody else? Okay, go. Mm-hmm. You start finishing up, and then uh, you can thank your partner. And... Uh, just finish up and go inside for a moment. Notice what, what's going on for you in there. What it's like in there. Let's um, take some comments, any observations, anything you notice, anything you learn. What was it like?
was a lot of talking in here, so uh, something happened, you know. You know, James, when um, when you gave us a description of what, what what we needed to do, and then you said, you know, you're going to be embody this person essentially. Mm-hmm. I I just cringed, and I said, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> That's a stretch. Yeah. Um, because this person I embodied was um, not a not a great person. Mm-hmm. But I, I did it anyways, and I, I just felt like I couldn't even approach it. And so it was really weird. That's what I want to say. But, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened when you did it? What was it like? Um, very awkward and strange. And I still have a, uh, a feeling in my chest that it just... Uh, difficult to, to to deal with feeling of what feeling the contraction being them or what's what is the feeling uh, um, portraying them and being trying to be that person um, and and not really understanding uh, what the problem was. I mean, I, I tried to be really friendly with them at all times, but it, it was just a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was feeling... Uh, yeah, I, even afraid to be this person just mm-hmm. because I, I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so in, in case you're... You came here to chill out and sit, and then you got all stirred up, contorting yourself into being some nasty person. Um, just for a moment, let's all uh, just do this. You know, hi me. Thank you for for uh, inviting us. Just for a moment, put your hand on your heart and bring. Um, a lot of kindness and compassion. First to the, your willingness to try this. And maybe appreciation that you're you and not them. And appreciate being you for a few moments. Just sending some uh, kind, loving energy towards yourself. And you might even uh, get in touch with somebody who you really do care about. Just imagine them being right here with you, who you resonate with very easily. And uh, imagine them right in your space and send some uh, metta to them. Uh, May you you be happy. May you feel my love for you. 
and then just receive that from them. That's what they probably would wish for you. May you be happy and feel my love. And then just wish that for yourself. May I feel all the goodness inside and feel compassion and love for myself. And right through your hand, let yourself feel that tender, loving energy. Just appreciate being you. <clears throat> so, any other, any other comments? <clears throat> Back there, Allison. I just noticed that it felt good to give myself permission to choose someone that wasn't the hardest possible person <laughs> and to be considering that we have five minutes and just to take that as an opportunity to um, take a little, like have some self-kindness and choosing an approachable person. Mm-hmm. That gave me more fluidness and being able to actually speak from that person's mm-hmm. point of view. That's good. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't uh, put out that suggestion to everyone. You, you don't have to go for the most intense experience. Um, but if it's somebody who you're in touch with a lot, who you have to interact with a lot, I know this is stretching. I kind of went back and forth, should I or shouldn't I? But there, it, t- it takes it to a whole other level, just a kind of you know, mental reflection, oh yeah, I wonder what, to just actually being them. Um, I hope it was at least instructive, if not, uh, if not painful, you know. I hope we're still friends, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if not, then I can be the difficult person. That, just imagine being me. <laughs> but it really does stretch us to see, oh, that other being has their own reality that makes complete sense to them. As bizarre as you think, they've got their own reality. Any other last comment? Just right here, here's one. Well, well, one of the things I appreciated about it is I'm certain that the person that I actually chose to talk about is the person who I think brought me here because I was (laughs) having so much frustration in my life about him mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> so I do try to remember that you know off, you know, since I've been coming here that that, that really is something to be grateful for mm-hmm. but also I think what was good about this was that I got to dig deeper mm-hmm. than I nor- I got to go further than I normally go yeah. in trying to understand how he ticks and so and to just have my partner Toby just listening there, witnessing it, it kind of kept me going longer than I normally 
would go. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, was very good for me. Beautiful. Yeah, digging a little deeper. That's, that's what we're talking about here. And the heart can open up and be um, understanding of anyone. That's, that's what the Buddha or the Dalai Lama or somebody who has that capacity, a heart as wide as the world, sees, oh, it's just the Buddha in there that, got, that gets confused sometimes, both in here and out there. So um, empathy, it wins elections, and it is the expression of, uh, of a heart fully released. So uh, just to dedicate, I so appreciate your hanging in there and doing this, and uh, just to dedicate the merit of our time here together. May it be of benefit to all beings everywhere, and may all see through their confusion and open to compassionate understanding for themselves and, and others. Thank you very much. <clears throat> See you next week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.